Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. I'm Joe Oberly, uh, senior writer and uh, for VikingsTerritory.com, PurplePTST.com. And that's Mark Craig. He's the NFL insider, Viking writer for uh, Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Vikings beat the Raiders yesterday. And thank you. I think that should do it for this week. That's about all the time we have. Mark, thanks for your in your your in, uh, insights. My God, what the hell was that, Mark? Not even worth talking about. Oh my God, three to nothing. They beat they beat they beat these guys three to nothing out in Vegas in the day of the the live ball. I saw the Vikings beat the Packers three to nothing back in the day, and I always compared that in my brain to the Stone, Stone Age of the NFL. What the hell was this? Well, I think we need to pass some more rules to limit the defense and uh, promote more <laughs> offense. I think we need, you know, that's just that's not just enough. It. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, when the, there was an anniversary of the Packers, the Vikings rivalry, and writing about that game, that 3 nothing game, you know, I don't re- remember. I think it was 1971. No. Uh, but, you know, that, this is why the NFL in 1978 changed everything to promote offense. Uh, I think what it is, it's, um, yeah, I mean, this is a team that's on its fourth quarterback. This is a team that has now essentially played uh, eight games without Justin Jefferson. I mean, they did come back, but he went right, got hurt again. Um, you know, offensive line is uh, ushering people in and out. Um, this is who they are. They're they're a, they're a, a defensive team that's going to have to win this way. Um, and I guess you, the alternative would be Cincinnati is seven and six as well as the Vikings. They're tenth in the AFC. You know, they are they are three spot. They have to leap three teams to get to number seven wow. um, to, to make the playoffs. And, and the Vikings are same, same record, ugly it, you, people waffling between, uh, you know, uh, geez, let's just lose all the rest of them and maybe salvage the draft. <laughs> and as opposed to let's just play this out. You know, they're, six, they're sixth in, in the NFC. So, um, yeah, I. The best way to look at this game, I suppose, if you if you're a fan, is you know, wow, look at, I mean, look what that defense did. I mean, that defense. Amazing. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's not- funny that you called them a defensive team, and just one short year ago, they were a lopsided offensive team that couldn't play defense ball. And just one year, they have completely flip flopped that, and now the defense can't even score a touchdown. And in the last three weeks, you know, haven't put many points. And meanwhile. Uh, the defense just goes crazy over there and just just plays great guns. Well, I, you know, it's it's a lot of you know. I remember you growing up with your favorite baseball team that they would have they they'd need hitting when they had pitching, and then they would have you know vice versa, just constant you know like you can never put it all together. It's sort of like right. a, like certain uh, two guys in their golf games probably a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if, if you look back, if 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 O'Connell had gotten his defensive coordinator higher right the first time. You know what could have I mean, you you put this defense, you know, and that defense had had better, you know, more established veteran savvy players. Um, but if you were to put the, the two of those together and have the good fortune of the the health, um, you know, what could have been. But uh, yeah. you know, this is uh, this is how they they're going to have to win, and uh, maybe not quite like this. Uh, you know, God, I hope bit. not. Uh, but uh, you know, they're just you know. It was putting you to sleep yesterday. You were, you. Were, uh, I think the text was, 
please make this end after a bunch of Z's. And, that you... and, and this is a, you know, and we're, we're uh, obviously older guys who appreciate <laughs> defense, but wow. I mean, it was just, uh, it was, it was painful to watch because, you know, I felt like, I mean, it's difference between sometimes there's difference between you know, great defense and just really horrible offense, but uh, there was a lot of horrible offense too, that just wasn't challenging the defense. But in saying that, I mean, you know, Ivan Pace's interception, uh, you know, Metellus is stripping the ball in the red zone. These are big time plays by by guys that are just, um, you know, nobody that we expected to be doing this in December. You know, back when we were yammering about this in in July. Yeah, it's it, it's amazing. I, I want to talk about the defense in the next segment, just to like got to get this get this other offense off of my out of my uh taste buds but uh oh my gosh you know the offense was just uh just really bad yesterday and of all the things you've listed i mean yeah they they were decimated in the offensive line they're decimated by injuries they get they get uh, uh Justin Jefferson back he makes two great grabs one incredible grab that he got injured on and he's gone for the rest of the game and then uh uh the six drops i think they had i saw in your your extra points they had six drops. Uh, TJ had another one. KJ had a couple. But I'm sorry, you know, it still starts with Josh Dobbs. He does he doesn't look comfortable back there. He doesn't look knowledgeable of the offense. And he and he he's looking around, you know, to to see what to do. So that tells you that he's just not either comfortable or knowledgeable back there with what it so I mean 68 yard passing, 68 yards passing before he gave way to Nick Mullins. Um ideas the uh, Josh Dobbs uh experiment over mark well, I don't know if it, yeah I, I would i would be stunned if they didn't start mullins but you know and everybody piled on him and i know you know columns about you know why didn't it, why didn't it happen earlier and he should have been benched earlier and it, i'm looking at as T, as justin jefferson's walking off the field as he's been led to the locker room the vikings have a second and five i believe at the raiders 31 josh dobbs hits a back shoulder throw inside the 10 Here's TJ. He, you're your highest paid tight end in the league. Uh, your number two target, your number one guy when Jefferson's not in the game, goes up and it goes off his hands. Yeah. You know, that's completed. And then two plays later, jo uh, Joseph missed a 49 yard field goal. So, you know, granted, Josh Dobbs was not good, but Josh Dobbs had a lot of help. You know, you complete that ball, and it's it's at least a field goal. It's maybe a touchdown. And you know, yeah. Josh Dobbs inside the ten with the ability to run and throw. You know, he scores a touchdown running, and all of a sudden, it's, oh, Josh Dobbs mania! It's you know, he had a lot of help. Uh, there, KG Osborne has lost his hands. Uh, yeah, uh, he had two drops in one drive. There was one drop that uh, he had on third down that um, the Raiders had a penalty that kept the drive alive. Um, Jalen Naylor had a drop. Um, so yeah, it, it, there's a lot of help there in, in making Josh Dobbs, you know, fall, you know, they needed what the guy that helped him the most was, was Alexander Madison and he got hurt. Madison right. was kind of calming things down with like some seven yard runs on first down that was really helping him. And then they'd have a drop, you know, it's just, you know, so granted Josh Dobbs, I, I, I'm not impressed with what he did, but also, Kevin O'Connell, I don't think did him any favors. He he's he really. I know he wanted to control the turnovers, but he's not just a sit in the pocket passer, and that's kind of what he they tried to make him do. And then you throw the drops on top of that. It was uh, he wasn't set up to win. Let's put it that way. Well, you know, uh, 
that was one, at least they were speculating on the broadcast that what, what uh, KOC wanted him to do was get out more and get out of the pocket and do more, but they really weren't calling plays for that. You know, uh, um, he, he, he doesn't look comfortable in there. I mean, when Nick Mullins came in, he looked like he had much more command of the offense. He knew where the guys were going to be. He got the, the, uh, the ball out quickly before uh, this ferocious rush that was coming in throughout the game could get to him. Um, It's, it's interesting. I think we can look back now and really assess what Dobbs has done when he came in there. I mean, that was, it was really kind of fluky those first two games because he was, you know, running and making phenomenal plays, exciting the fan base and doing everything. I mean, the way they were rewriting the, the script, everybody had Do- Josh Dobbs as the quarterback for next season here and f- for going forward. Um, and then when he should have had more command of the offense, it seemed like he had less, but you know, it, it it's, it's, you, you may be right. Maybe that's not the way to set it up. But, you know, it sounded like uh, KOC wanted to uh, give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, give him every opportunity to have this job and that with in mind that he was eventually going to pull him if things got bad. Do you th- like the way he handled that? I mean, he went over there after he took him out and had a nice big conversation with him. I'm not sure Zimmer would have done that afterwards. I think he would have yanked him and, and said, see ya. Uh, I, what do you think about the way KOC handles uh, this situation from start to finish and, and where we're at now? Well, I think Zimmer would have had words for TJ too. You know, I mean, it would have been, hey, let's help this guy out. Uh, might have had words for, uh, you know, uh, Blake Brandle comes in and plays right guard. Ed Ingram misses his first game in his career. Uh, there's a stunt in, uh, on the one of the first plays of the game, and, uh, you know, guy comes around, and he comes right through. A, there was twice where they kind of came through untouched up the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's pressure there. That's It's not all this guy's fault. Uh, I, I'm not on, you know, it felt like about the time that I would have said, you know, this it's still 0-0. Zero, zero, you know, if it had been, you know, uh, if they had been trailing 10 nothing, I think he, he goes to him earlier, but it's still 0-0. You're still somewhat in – I don't know who was in control of that game, but, you know, <laughs> did, I felt that he, he he took him out at about the time I probably would have said, oh, you know, let's do something else. And and it's, it's only natural that – I mean, we all wrote the rocket scientist, and he's the smartest guy in the history of the NFL and all this stuff, but he's still a guy who showed up you know, just a handful of weeks ago, and he's not going to have all of the the, uh, the command of the offense that Nick Mullins has. I mean, Nick Mullins, as we saw last year on quarterback, with Nick Mullins was helping tutor or, you know, giving, like, study tips to, to Kirk Cousins, of all people. So, yeah. um, you, know, that, you know, Nick is a, is a smart guy. And so, yeah, they kind of went to it. And then, you know, and then even Nick joked, it was kind of beginner's luck. His first throw, it go, you know, uh, Dobbs throws a deep ball that's perfect back shoulder that TJ should have caught and they could should could have scored a touchdown. Nick Mullins comes in and has a ball bounce off a defender and and TJ catches it for a twenty six yard gain. So it's a lot of this this game. Yeah. Is, is is a is a tight end with a bigger guy and you know who who well he doesn't block that much but they're supposed to be big enough to block people. Um, should they be? counted on to make back shoulder catches like you see all these wideouts who are very talented athletes. I, as, do you good, think? as good as TJ is, yes. Oh, my God, yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, TJ's paid up up, up, up in the Kittle, uh, you know, uh, the, the, those guys. I mean, uh, Kelsey. The, I mean, that's what, that's, what, that's what the Vikings are saying. This is our Kelsey. This is our 
our George Kittle. And and he can be that. And he has he's got the ability to be this as maybe not as good as that, but he's he's yeah. he's up there and he's got six drops on the year. And yeah, he's been having trouble with the regular passes. <laughs> yeah, so you know. I, I, yeah, I mean, if you're asking whether I think he sh- he should be counted on to make that catch, hell yeah, he should be. Okay. Yeah, here, if he if he plays starts this week, I mean, this is, you know, Nick Mullins had a back injury. Nick Mullins was being brought along to kind of like step in, and if things didn't go perfectly, and I don't think anyone thinks that the rest of this year is going to go perfectly. Just like <laughs> whenever he whenever he was uh, when Dobbs was playing great. Or you know, even the, the Atlanta game, we you know, our memory says he played great. Our mm-hmm. memory lets it like in the first six snaps, he had three turnovers, you know, right. safety and two turnovers. Uh, he over which we excused, which we excused from him just yeah, getting. and you excuse like uh, just like you know, if TJ makes that catch inside the 10 yard line, they score a touchdown, the Dobbs stays in the game. What are we talking about? We're not talking about. You know, Dobbs would probably have similar numbers. He'd probably have 30 more yards or whatever. Uh, but we'd be talking about a totally different thing. And so uh, you know, this this is as much as we want to say it's a quarterback, it's always a quarterback. It's it's a it's a team game. And and uh, he didn't get he didn't get enough help. Uh, he Mullen, defense, but he didn't get help from his offense. That's for sure. Mullins next week, right? I think so. I mean, either you don't. I don't, you know, he, you know, you don't make that change and then have the guy come in and convert. I think he had two or three third down conversions on their game winning field goal. So, yeah, I don't, I think you start out with Mullins and, but, you know, you can discount Dobbs and say that that's it. I mean, I mean, Dobbs, there's, I think there could be, there could be, there could be times where Dobbs comes in in a situation, like in a red zone situation. I mean, use them both. Um, I would agree with that. I think that's a great point. You know, I mean, I'm not saying a lot. He's a, he, Hey, if, if New Orleans can do it with, uh, with Taysom, uh, Hill. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, you know, uh, they certainly Vikings can certainly come up with something, you know, this is where you're, you're, you've got to cash in with having your offensive guy as, as your head coach, you know, work them both in. And uh, to me, it, it there's also another thing that's happened in from Atlanta, New Orleans to now is, you know, Josh Dobbs is there's pressure on him. And Josh Dobbs is there's a lot there's literal and, you know, figurative pressure on him. And he's he's a different type of player right now. And the magnitude of what's happening is is on him. And when you don't get the help and then suddenly it's it's third down and long when it should be first down inside the 10 or whatever. You know things change, and so Pressure, yeah. what, what if he was? What if he's building rockets and sending people up to the uh, planets up there? There's yeah, practice see, for you. See now, now what will we? What should we be writing now? That, that he's too <laughs> distracted. He's too distracted by NASA. The man should be focusing on his playbook, not talking about NASA and rockets. <laughs> and, I mean, come on, Joe. There's another uh, big elephant in the room we got to get to, uh, and that's Justin Jefferson. Uh, you know what a shame it. Uh, he got back after this prolonged eight-week uh, layoff. Not layoff, but uh, uh, he was on IR for his uh, hamstring. And he comes back, and, and he, he didn't start. He didn't start the first play. He came in the second play. Yeah, it really was. I, I didn't understand that. And, uh, you know, that might be a, a little uh, friendly, fuzzy, warmy, uh, too much. You know, it's like, 
don't want you to be too excited that first and go out there and pull it. I don't know what it was, but I, I, I wonder if he was linked to the team bus or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> that could be after eight weeks, he probably forgot where it was. Um, you know, then he comes out and he, he's he, on that play that he got injured. If you saw, I'm sure you've seen the replays that the, the route he ran, he just had the guy that was covering him one-on-one just completely bamboozled. He comes inside and Dobbs throws it way up. He's got to go up and expose himself. And this guy just lit him up and hit him in, in the side back area and, and sent him eventually to the hospital. First of all, what are your thoughts on the second? Uh, what do you know, if anything, about what his condition is and what his status is? Well, I mean, it, you know, it sounded serious at first. and But, you know, um, when five, I think when five doctors go into the tent with him and then two or three escort him to the locker room and then he goes to the hospital, you're like, oh, wow. Um, but they, you know, they were talking as if, you know, there's a possibility he could play this week, but, you know, I would say no. We, I mean, it's only, it's only Monday. We don't know, but, um, Saturday game, Saturday yeah. game, you got less, one less day. Um, you know, so I, I would expect no, but it's, it, it doesn't look like it's, uh, going to knock him out the rest of the year. You know, and that's that, you know, I, I think he had two catches. One of them certainly. You know, people were, you know, saying, well, Dobbs put him in a bad spot. Well, Dobbs is not Kirk Cousins. Dobbs is not a starting NFL quarterback who's established. Dobbs is trying to get you from, you know, muddle you through the minefield to kind of get you into the playoffs. And it, it it's, you know, Justin Jefferson with a catch like that shows that, hey, you know, you don't have to be perfect when you throw it to Justin Jefferson. But when you take a hit like that, then yeah. – Partly the throw because uh, it's just well, that's the way the end. You know, they they still are allowed to hit a little bit on defense, so <laughs> it came across and hits him in. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't a, a dirty shot or anything. It was just a football how it you know tends to be played over the middle like that when you're reaching and you know things like that. So yeah, that's a shame for him. What I mean, he started out the season so well, you know, uh, just on pace to set records in the league and and. Uh, cut short by the hamstring and he comes back and he's gone again. You know, he's so much fun to watch. And if you're the quarterback like Dobbs, what a guy to have when the other guys are dropping passes to have this kind of catching radius, you don't have to be Kirk Cousins to throw him open each time. He's going to get the ball and, and now he's gone. So I hope, gosh, I hope he's back soon. You know, the fact that this team is six and two without him is, uh, you know, that's a, it's a, a testament to the, to the defense and what they've put together what they're doing on defense is, uh, you know, and it, it could be, you know, they, they should be even better without him. They I mean that, you know, that as well as the defense played against, uh, you know, Denver and Chicago to lose at those games, um, you know, they could be very well, have, I think the total, what they lost two games by three points. So, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that they've done that without him, what, what they've done, how they've managed to stay in the hunt without Kirk, um, it's it's pretty impressive, you know. I, they, they they don't measure up against the the top three in the NFC, not even close. But they got a long way to go before they would face one of those teams. Yeah, um, you mentioned Alexander Mass, and he did look good before he got injured. Um, I, should we read anything into that? Into a, a good running game all of a sudden because he he was the brightest spot in that field of a, uh, that was devoid of a lot of a, of very little bright spots. Um, do how bad is he injured? Do you know? I thought it was was it an ankle or or what? What I think happened? it was an ankle. He didn't come back, so that's you know a short week again. That's a tough one to look at. Um, 
Uh, I mean, I, I can't speculate on whether he'll be back, but he didn't return to the game. So, you know, this could be a – they could be really piecing things together. Right. This with, uh, the, the offensive line, line, Mark. The offensive line. I mean, you know, you mentioned in the paper uh, in your – in your five extra points, uh, Brian O'Neill was struggling before he got hurt. He gets he goes out and uh, looked bad. I don't know what the status of that is. If, if you know more, please let us know. And then we had uh, Dalton Reisner went out. And Ingram was already out. Uh, so that was three of your starters out on the offensive line. And they actually played better later in the game without those guys. So I don't get all this. Well, Re- no, Reisner came back in. So he Reisner, did. Okay, Reisner, I didn't Reisner finished the game. O'Neill. O'Neal got hurt because he got beat so bad by um, by Max Crosby that he was trying to desperately anchor to like slow this guy down, and and you could see it, you know, initially it was like, oh no, man, I hope it's not an Achilles again. Well, they said it was an ankle. You know, it, it, there was a torque there where, you know, when you got, you know, Brian O'Neill is at this 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 wave of the initial like um, right tackles getting paid as much as left tackles used to be. It used to be. You know, the NFL has changed so much, and sometimes you look at the changes that are, have been made, and you're wondering, well, why didn't they do that before? Why didn't Jared Allen used to, instead of always being on the right side? I mean, Jared Allen did a great job lined up in the same spot every play, but why not, you know, move you know, the guys move around so much? And, yeah. and left defensive ends are, are, you know, you got the, you know, Crosby can play over there. Um, all these, you know, uh, Montez Sweat from uh, Bears went out and got him. Uh, so Brian O'Neill is being paid like a like the left tackles used to be paid, but last two games he's uh, he's gotten beat soundly on a, on a few on a handful of plays that he's being paid to uh, to to be that uh, like a Lane Johnson in in Philadelphia. You watch that guy play, wow! I mean, he looks as nimble he looks as big and, and nimble as like the left tackles in their they're in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the way that he moves, uh, but that, he's a he's a right tackle. Uh, but you know, I think Sweat got two two sacks on O'Neal. Um, Crosby. Crosby got two. Um, so yeah, they. I mean, Brian. I don't know. That's another guy that he he sure didn't look good going off the field. He, should we be concerned that he's not completely back from his Achilles injury from last year? Is no, nah, I, I would think he. You know, he, by now he you know, he. I think he's. You know, I think the, some of these guys bring it to a new level. They are to another gear that. And like a Max Crosby, in a lot of ways, reminds you of a Jared Allen that that, that motor um, that's just coming after you relentlessly. And, and I just think he needs to match that. He you know he he can do it. He's good enough. It's just he's been it's it almost like watching. It's like almost like he's been caught off guard by it. It's mm-hmm. so now he's got yeah with those guys over there. Now he's got to play to play to that salary. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's like typically you wouldn't think that a Brian O'Neill would need help, but. Last two yeah. weeks, it looks like Brian Neal, Brian O'Neill might need, you know, a tight end throwing some, you know, elbows in the ribs before the before they go out. <laughs> um, are they going to have enough live bodies to put on that offensive line? Are they all going to? We said Reisner came back, and uh, hopefully, I don't know how serious Ingram's hip injury was uh, at practice this week. I mean, we could certainly use him back as well. So, what are your thoughts about? You haven't been out to TCO yet, so I know you don't know. They probably haven't announced any updates, but you know, is, is there were these things severe that we, uh, they're going to be gone for some extended time? Well, you know, I, I don't think it's anything like there's nothing season ending, ending or anything like that. Okay. Um, uh, you know, uh, the, the Quisenberry guy comes in for, O'Ne- for O'Neill and sort of held his own, I thought. Um, 
you know, I think uh, Ingram, I think he believed he was probably, he was questionable. So he, I would okay. say with another week, you could probably expect him to play. Uh, Reisner came back. Sometimes when a guy comes back, it's like you assume he's going to play the next week, but he might have been playing through adrenaline and stuff. So we, you have to wait and kind of see what he does for the week because you know, he went down pretty hard um, and didn't look great, but he came back in. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, that that offensive line is uh, is not going to be in in 100 uh, percent shape whenever they play on Saturday. Yeah, the offensive line needs a break, and so do we. So uh, we're going to take a quick one here, come back and talk about more about the defense that did did play very well yesterday. It's over certainly overshadowed after uh, a three and zero score uh, final, but uh, we'll come back to Vikings territory breakdown and talk about that. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, uh, the defense won that game. Um, you know, they had one series that was kind of bad, and I think you mentioned that in the paper where, you know, they only got across the inside the Vikings 49 once, and that was that first series. But they 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 bent a little bit but, you know, held them and, and you know, pitched a shutout. And uh, uh, now, granted, they were playing a, a young quarterback, but that – team had been playing well with, with since they got their new interim coach and and the, the defense just just shut them down every which way there was a heck of a lot of good players out there what did you uh what did you think of the performance by Brian Flores staff yesterday oh yeah I thought it was it was outstanding I, I, the Raiders <coughs> Raiders came into the game you know least penalized I mean when's the last time you said this the Raiders were the least penalized team in the league you know <laughs> Um, <laughs> I believe against the Chiefs, they didn't have any penalties. So they lost the game, but they didn't have any penalties. You know, they come out, they're moving, they're, they're moving efficiently, like one of the few times of all game. Um, they convert a, a fourth and one at their 43-yard line. Um, and then they have a holding penalty, you know, on an 11-yard run. It would have been down to like the Vikings' 30-yard line. This totally blew up that drive. Next drive, you know, they're kind of moving it. They convert another fourth and one of, of number 44. And then uh, O'Connell has a, um, a intentional grounding that just totally blew up that drive. So, and then I like, have a, like one or two series later, they have another fourth and one at their 48. And Antonio Pierce punts. I don't, I didn't understand that at all. Uh, like you're two for two on fourth and one. You're at, you're even farther toward midfield. Um, I feel like he just, that was a give up. It just got a, you know, just kind of a sign of like, you know, they sort of settled into this rut and then uh, the Vikings kept them in that rut. And, you know, uh, Pace has that great interception at the end. Metellus again, you know, Metellus is a Pro Bowl. Yeah. Maybe he'll be invited to the Pro Bowl games or whatever, whatever, you know, the Pinochle or uh, Long Jarvis or whatever they play now. The Pinochle. Oh my God, my dad's sure. game. You, that, there's a, there you're showing your age, Mark. Uh, maybe they'll sit around and play Monopoly until someone like says, "I can't play anymore." Does anybody ever win this game? <laughs> uh, what were you saying? Oh, I got Pace. Yeah. I mean, I was say Pace was the start of the game. You know, for me. By, you know, buying them. There was a, in the fourth quarter. They had no no first downs. There was a stretch. Three three, three and outs. Yeah, three three and outs where they only had you know, 10, 10 total yards. Uh, I thought Bynum's you know, when he Bynum came up, who you know Bynum's having a, a fantastic year. He comes up and he, he he punches the ball and gets it out. 
um, it makes it an incompletion rather than a third down completion yep. on a you know a huge tight end. You, you could have reviewed that play and even considered that to be a catch and a fumble because he caught it, took a step and turned, and probably wasn't enough steps. But I, yeah, I thought it was a football move, but they never. I, I didn't get the I didn't get the feeling that it, that it would have been a fumble, but you know may, who knows. Yeah, uh, and then Harrison Phillips, like the, the third three and out in that stretch, he has a you know really good. He, he's playing fantastic as well. He has a great uh, run stop for a yard, and then he has a sack where you know poor Daniel Hunter. He's trying to get that million dollars, and guys are just you know Daniel Hunter was there right there for the Wonham for Wonham sack. This guy, uh, <clears throat> I believe, he was there right before Harrison Phillips spun into his guy and sacked you know sacked his uh, sacked quarterback. So. Um, you know, they, they, they're just playing and there's only maybe one bust where, um, they, they had Renfro come in traffic across the middle. Byron Murphy couldn't get through the traffic and as a 38 yard gain, uh, other than that, the only other gain they had over 20 yards, um, O'Connell, you know, did the challenge and won that, which I thought was a great challenge because that was like, uh, I have a feeling he did it more on just a leap of faith than, than seeing any, because it took mm-hmm. a while say hey you got his feet down but it was a second bobble yeah i didn't see the second bobble. and the last play was like a 24 yarder where you know they're laddling laddling it around so um just a real just a great you know team defense by everybody um you know you got Metellus, who had another great game. I, I thought Ivan Pace was 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 something else. I mean, he had 13 tackles, seven of them solo. He had the pick, the pick. He had tackles for a loss. He had, I think, he had a sack as well. I mean, this guy was was all over the field. And in we haven't, as a result, in the past, what, maybe is it two games or three now that Hickspin's gone. Pace has done a great job, you know, uh, calling the defense and 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 being on the field and making plays it's, it's not i'm not going to say that we haven't missed hicks because i'd love to get him back but boy oh boy what a what a pickup for this uh personnel staff and quasi to to get him and i i know he was they had to pay for him as an undrafted free agent more than others but i'm sorry they saw something in him they went out and got him and he has been he's been productive for this for this team yeah i mean i'm, I'm blown away that somebody out of this entire league somebody in this sixth seventh round didn't take him just to right you know just to because there's because his, his his resume was was stellar he was um too just, short just you know just undersized he was just an undersized yeah. guy you know and i the first first week of training camp was i said i'm writing about this ivan pace guy because he was starting to get some more time like with the second team and I, at the time i was like hey you know you knew he was going to be a special teams player and you're like He's getting time at second team, and then with Asamoah that was hurt in training camp, it was over. I mean, this guy was like, wow, you know, this guy, it doesn't matter that he's 5'10". This guy can play. And sitting there talking to him at that time, it was like the impression was he's just like it wasn't – there was no surprise whatsoever. It was just this is what I'm going to do. This is how I play. Uh, I'm talking to all the people that knew him. You know, you would watch. This was before the preseason games. They're like, he's going to – He's going to hit someone in the mouth with a crowbar on the first uh, <laughs> preseason game, and you guys are going to be like wowed, and he's going to start. You know, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But uh, yeah, you knew he was going to make the team. I knew he was going to make the team, but I didn't know he was going to be a starter. And then all as 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 the summer unfolded, you're like, what? Well, that's that's their best <coughs> their best option. They're not Asamoah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting. We forgot all about Brian Osmo after, after, you know, cause he was the guy coming in was going to be the starter. Didn't got injured. And, you know, uh, it's, it's like, what's the Wally Pip thing. It, uh, Pace comes in and takes his, his position kind of filled in there. Uh, Vikings had four sacks yesterday, Pace, Phillips, Swanum, and Troy die. And, you know, none of them went to Hunter, unfortunately, as you were just saying, so if he's got to get one more for a million dollars, is that it? The incentive? Well, I, I, yeah. I mean, he had three, three, um, three incentives where he went, I think when he reached 11 and then 12 and then 14, you get a million each time. So, ah, okay. It's just like, it's just like you and your, in the podcast, Joe, if you mention certain things, you know, you get a million dollars and Mankato beer. You mean, is that, is yeah, that... there you go. So another million for Joe. Nice. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, you know, sacks and pressures. I mean, I, I don't know how many pressures he gets because there was uh, one or two where, you know, <laughs> he's the guy that kind of got the, got the quarterback right. off the spot and then won him, sacked him. And so, yeah. Is, is this the lack of get That's a good yeah. problem to have, you know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, is this, uh, you know, I mean, you're a voter for this. Do you think he's, by not getting this for some time, I, it's kind of a silly question, but I, I want to bring up the fact that he has gotten some mentions as defensive player of the year. Um, do you think he's in the running? Is 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 he still in the running? Is, you know, I mean, you, you got to look at a defense like this and look who the stars are, and he's got to be certainly some thoughts. There's plenty of other great defensive players, your guy, Miles Garrett, for sure. But is, is uh, Hunter in that, is he in that talk? Oh yeah, I think so. Because you know, as long as the Vikings are, you know, I think the t- the team also has to play well. You know, it, like with Jared Allen, there was a year he had twenty two sacks, I believe. You know, they were a three or four win team, something like that, five win team. Um, you know that that hurt him. You know, being considered for, I think he might have finished second or third. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's that caliber player. There's no question. It's even um, was it last year? He had ten sacks. He was coming on last year, even in that, even in that scheme where it just was not, I mean, that scheme was so terrible for him and so terrible for just in general for that team. Uh, and now he's, you know, he doesn't get credit for the sack. And yeah, that might impact some voters that are looking at, you know, if he had, you know, 17 sacks now instead of 14 or 13 and a half, it, it changes people's perception, I guess. Um but yeah, he's he's right there, uh, you know, with the uh, with all the usual characters, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt. Um, you know, Steelers are going backwards in a hurry here. But yeah, he, he's definitely worth it, worthy of a mention. And I and I, I've talked to him several times about that. And last year, uh, there was a stretch where um, Zadarius Smith was right there until he got to, until Zadarius Smith hurt his hurt his leg. So you know, in addition to while Zadarius was playing well. The deal was uh, coming on toward the end of the year as mm-hmm. well. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely that type of player for sure. The votes are uh, cast after the regular season, correct? Yeah, yeah. All all votes are done before the playoffs start. Okay, all right. So he's got some time yet. Um, well, let me ask you a couple of general questions about the defense. You know, because they have, they are the story of the season so far, and um, you know. It's a, 
I'm going to ask you this, and I'm, I'm sure I, I, I kind of think I know what you'll say, but I'm going to ask anyway. It, with Brian Flores, is it scheme or is it players or is it both? And how much, you know, where do you say? Because in the past, we've always said, you know, we, we, we sat on this podcast last year and saying, well, you got to give them the players to, to do a good job. Well, no, last year it was the scheme that really hurt this. So now you got a new scheme, some of the same players. What's, what's, what's the, uh, what is it, uh, the makeup of this uh, success that they've had on the defensive side of the ball? Well, you know, I think their 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 whole is greater than their parts. You know, I mean, you do have great play. You have some great players. You have Daniil, um, Harrison. I think Bynum is playing extremely well. Um, but I, you know, if I had to get, if I just, you know, to guesstimate at that, I, I would say it's a it's a really good mix of 50-50. I mean, this is. Um, you couldn't do it with just any players, but you also couldn't, these players couldn't do what they're doing with just any scheme. So it's uh, it's a real good mix of, of a guy that has, um, has identified players that, and like formations and, and, uh, and uh, you know, putting people together that you wouldn't have guessed before. You know, I think Harrison Smith has talked about this. It's like, he's getting you to rethink what, you know, what a safety is or what a linebacker is. Mm. Josh Patelis in a lot of ways is is a safety. He's a linebacker. He's an inside linebacker. He's an outside linebacker. He's a slot uh, defender. He's, you know, any number of things. And there is nobody that would have guessed that, you know, coming into this season. Ivan Pace has take, taken him. And nobody other than Ivan Pace and his inner circle would picture what's going on with this. Uh, even Bynum, you know, Bynum is a guy, well, he's a placeholder for Lewis Seen. Um, I would say the only thing that, that Flores hasn't done, and he hasn't had to do it because he's got Metellus and Bynum and Harrison, is he hasn't figured out what you do with Lewis Seen. There's a lot of talent that's sitting there, but um, there's so he's done so many good things with these other guys that are ahead of Lewis Seen that they don't need Lewis Seen. Yeah. So yeah, I would say 50-50. It's a great mixture of, of scheme and uh, and talent. Part of it is having the right players to fit that scheme. And uh, I saw just a huge smile on Brian Flores' face yesterday when when Pace made that interception and kind of assaulted uh, away the game. And of course, being a, a Vikings bobo from from the get go, I got asked my requisite Brian Flores questions. He was he was really happy yesterday when when. Is, is that mean he's going to stick around, Mark? He likes these players and they fit his scheme, and we're going to see him another year. Come on, Mark, tell me it's yeah, true. I mean, that you talk about you, you want a resume, you know, you want a resume flag as a defensive guy in today's league. Uh, win three to nothing, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, Dan Quinn is also in in Dallas. I don't know if Dan Quinn is is you know, he's had a chance to leap two or two years in a row now. I believe to another job. I don't know if he's waiting around to get the Cowboys job, but. but if they keep winning and they're also playing well on offense, Mike McCarthy's not going anywhere. Um, you know, I would say, you know, a team like, uh, say, uh, the Chargers. I have a feeling the Chargers are going to make a change. But, like, the Chargers, you, you typically you don't – Chargers have a defensive head coach right now. Typically you don't fire a defensive guy and then go find another defensive guy. No, you don't. It just doesn't happen that way. So I would say, he, you know, he's not in the running for something like that, but – uh, there's going to be an op. There's going to be job opportunities, and you know, does Dan Quinn take it? Does Brian Flores take it? Um, but yeah, he's going to get a lot of interviews. He's going to get multiple interviews. Um, 
And if I had to guess, I would, you know, if they keep going this way and they make the playoffs, um, you know, I would say he's gone. Yeah. God, you're killing me. Maybe he'll go to New England. Ooh. Maybe we'll, you because know, it's a lot of what he's doing with uh, like a Metellus. That's a total Bill Belichick thing of yeah. finding a guy that nobody else has really tabbed as what you're doing with him and then have him excel at it. Uh, that's, that's a vintage uh, Belichick, I would say. That's a great example of scheme and player, player fitting that scheme. Um, I wanted to uh, bring up this stat I heard yesterday in the broadcast. It, that's that yesterday was now 23 one score games for Kevin O'Connell. He's 11 and 0 in those one score games last year and six and six. Despite uh, maybe how, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say the way he handled the quarterback situation was bad. I, I like, you know, I always liked Zim. And I think he he mirrored my coach when I was growing up, you know, kind of this gruff, grumbly kind of guy. So I always, you know, I've always liked Zim. But I, you know, when I, KOC fits my personality better, where he's he really gives a, a shit about his players and their psyche. And it, I think he he maybe have aired, could have aired a little too far with, with, with Josh Dobbs, but I thought he treated him right. And, and he kind of said that. Um, I'm just asking you, do you think we got to tip a hat or hat to how he's doing as a coach so far? And and I, I'm going to do it just because of the way he does treat his players. I like it. You know, not that Zim treated him poorly because Zim loved his players too. I'm not saying that. Um, uh, Kevin's got a different approach, and I and I really like how he's how he does it most of the time. Yeah, and I would say the six and six. Um, you look at the. Like 11-0 last year, you know, there the there weren't as many certainly weren't as many um, circumstances that they they're dealing with now. I mean, how many of those six and six is with um, with without Justin Jefferson, without Kirk Cousins, without you know you know playing Josh Dobbs on, on five days after he showed up and starting him a week after he showed up? I mean, yeah, what he's doing. I mean, he's still he's still to me he's right there in the thick of. Uh, of coach of the year. I mean, it's wow. That game, that game was but ugly yesterday, but they won, and that that counts. That counts for a lot. I mean, if you look at when you, whenever you the boredom settles, and you're like, okay, let's reassess what just happened, and you say, okay, they did it with Justin Jefferson in the hospital. They did it with, uh, you know, having to to bench and go to your fourth quarterback of the on the year who comes in and leads the one drive you need. Uh, your offensive linemen or I mean, they were they were one more injury from Hawkins. Well, probably Josh Oliver having to play tackle. You know, right. or, you know, if because you don't, you can only address so many offensive linemen, and they had two go out, and I believe, yeah, I, I think they they were down to where Josh Oliver would have. I mean, I'm, he's the biggest guy. TJ right. Hawkins not to be able to be a tackle, but. So yeah, you look at all that all that's going on, and yeah, it's he's doing a he's doing a real good job. It's baptism by fire, but he's handling. He's staying staying cool in the heat. Um, well, all right, well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with the final segment, race through. So a few more things we got to talk about the kicking game because that was kind of instrumental yesterday. We'll talk. We'll do that when we come on back to Vikings territory breakdown. Okay, welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, Greg Joseph with the game winner. Oh, it was a 36-yarder. 
Uh, he's he gets the glory for kicking that one through, but uh, his whole day wasn't filled with glory, if you ask me. He missed one earlier, forty-nine yarder, that could have salted the game away in the first half. You know when he missed that when he missed that kick. Um, and so we'll talk about that first. I mean, we got to talk about the pooch kick, but what what do you say about Greg Joseph? I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm thinking they're going to be. I watched Dallas and Philly last night, and they got this rookie kicker that is has not missed a kick. Yeah, it's insane. That, that guy. It is. I think that guy. Yeah. Could, he could, that guy could close his eyes and make it. I think his, his <laughs> confidence level is so high for him. Yeah, I, I'm thinking the Vikings are going to certainly look next year to 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 find somebody. Uh, you know, because it, there's more and more good young kickers coming out, and there's one in there's one in. Uh, uh, Las Vegas that didn't that that we used to have on our team, but he didn't get onto the field yet to make. He only had one kick yesterday. It was a kickoff. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that you know, in order like when they lined up for that game winner, it she should have been a it should have gone Fred Cox and just gone a straight, you know, a straight uh, <laughs> like the straight old kicker, on yes, straight on kicker and and kick it through and that was. How did hit? Are, are they the only team with two three and zero victories in 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 their I, franchise? I I have no idea. I, you look back at the beginning of the league; it was like zero zero ties all over the place and stuff oh, like that. But, but I, I you know, as someone who saw Fred's, you know, Fred kicked a well, back then it was probably like an eleven yard field goal or something. But um, <laughs> you know, he kicked the winner. You know, in, in nineteen seventy one. Now you got Greg Joseph. So. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, 49 yarders are, we've gotten to the point where if you, if you push a 49 yarder wide, right, you're like, well, what's wrong? Uh, there didn't appear to be anything wrong with the snap or the hold. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, just, it it was, was off. So, right. Yeah. Right from the get go. Joseph is a guy for me, for my, you know, not even looking at the numbers, but like last year when he missed, um, I think he missed more kicks than anybody in the league. You know, it was a lot of extra points. Um, but mm -hmm. he's the kind of guy that can go, he can win NFC special teams player of the week three times, but then miss uh, four <laughs> extra points. And you're like, uh, he's good enough. He's too, he's too good to get rid of and not, and not good enough to like think about getting rid of him. You know what I mean? I, I, he's a good kicker. He's better than some of that they've had. Yeah. Um, but there's always that feeling of like, you know, is he going to make this extra point or. Right. You know, he didn't miss any extra points yesterday. Yeah, so I mean, and for him to, you know, I would imagine that's a, that's an extra level for a modern kicker to have a zero-zero game with two minutes left. Wow! And so that's I, I, it was it was a makeable field goal, obviously, and I think he's. They said you know like forty-two in a row under forty yards, something like that. So it's not like um, there's an alarm bells going off on you know that they need a new kicker, but. I guess I would agree that they'd be like, well, you know, do, is it time to look or whatever? Yeah, might look. It might look. Uh, they're certainly going to look for or someone to maybe do their pooch kicks differently or, or at least uh, talk to Greg Joseph if they need to do another one. It's a right call. It was a great call, but he's too used to kicking it down the middle. He can't kick He can't kick it to a corner, apparently. I just, yeah, I didn't like that. Um, I didn't like it at all because you, know, you – I guess you seem to make college games or, or like when, when um, uh, the, the, the Chargers years ago returned that 109 yard at the Metrodome, you know, because you have all your, you know, you have your big linemen on, uh, on, you know, covering. And so it's hard yeah. to get around them. I thought, 
man, if that guy breaks a couple more tackles and they, and what an epic fail that would have been if they'd have brought it back and scored. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. Or I, if it's ex- execution, then um, are you well, trusting? Well, kick it down to the corner. Kick yeah, it out but of are you, you think, are you, how many times does your place kicker do that? So it's like you're trusting him to do something. Right. I don't know. I didn't why like it. Why don't they hike it to Ryan Wright and let him do it? You don't need any diversion yeah. here. Just give it to your punter. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't care for that. And uh, I, I said O'Connell had a great challenge. I thought that was a fantastic challenge. Uh, I also felt like you know he got knowing O'Connell, he got a little too wordy when they when they because the Raiders called a timeout when the Vikings were in the red zone, and then O'Connell called a timeout, and then they had to delay a game on top of that in the red zone. I was like, oh my gosh, that that, that was horrible. But other than that, uh, well, they, they might have stopped paying attention. You, you got to give them credit. For you. Go, Go ahead. ahead. You got to give them credit for you know, holding this all together. You so. Yes, I was gonna say maybe they, maybe they got distracted because they were bored with this game too, and they were just kind of going, "Oh, I wonder what's going on in the other games." You know, <laughs> it was weird. Uh, I hope Ryan Wright's leg is all right. He had quite a few punts this week. Uh, you know, he's uh, probably not used to kicking that many. Well, lately they hadn't scored much in offense. But anyway, uh, we'll uh, hold off. We're gonna we won't criticize the the kicking game too much. We're gonna need them the rest of the way here. Um, What'd you see on the uh, uh, around the league? I watched the Dallas Eagles game last night. I, I was hoping that that was the result for my fantasy team, but uh, 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 it was a little uh, little surprising to see them just manhandle. But Dallas has been good at home, but boy, they took care of the Eagles. The Eagles are kind of going lately. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the, the Eagles they we we had them all crowned, and then they played San Francisco and Dallas on back to back weeks. And at a time when San Francisco is playing as well as anybody and Dallas is playing as well as anybody. And suddenly they're on a two game losing streak. Um, you know, you, you look at how the Kansas city lost. I, you know, that, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is not used to any kind of adversity in his career. It's kind right. of, strange. I mean, the guy lined up a yard off sides, at least a half a yard. He's off his helmet. And, down. and he goes berserk. And it's like, your guy was offsides, clearly offsides, and I, I don't know. It's uh, he didn't check with the referee, so I don't have Mark, any. Mark, not, I didn't. I didn't understand that. I mean, his reaction. I mean, it's that is you described it very well. He's always had everything going his way, and a clear violation, a clear play. Oh, that shouldn't come down to a call like that. Oh, so you're saying they shouldn't call penalties when they occur just because it might affect the outcome of the game. I, I couldn't believe his reaction. This was just goofy. Stop. You're just being a whiny baby. So, you know, Kansas City is, you know, experiencing some things that uh, we haven't seen in a while. Um, but, you know, you can't discount them. But Buffalo needed that to kind of stay, you know, yeah. relevant. And, and you look at how, um, you know, Josh Allen played. I mean, that's 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 how he can play. Um yeah, I mean, to me, it's you look at the NFC. There's three teams, and then there's just nobody, you know. After that, um, and then the AFC. I mean, AFC has got you know. I mean, there's seven and six teams that are you know Buffalo seven and six. They're 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 at eleven. Yeah, they're the eleventh team in the AFC. Um, so yeah, it's the league is uh, in the, the Browns with uh, you know look, Flacco coming in, and Flacco looks as good as he has in ten years. I think he's. He, couple decisions here and there that 
you kind of wonder about, but yeah, he just basically showed up there. Uh, mm. so, yeah, it, it's uh, it's getting down to where it's gonna be a lot of a lot of fun to watch. You know, Packers tonight. Uh, I would expect them to beat the Giants, and they're 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 right there. A lot of teams in the NFC lost. Uh, you know, a lot of six and seven teams have been right there with, but the Vikings hit by that that one field goal. Here we are ripping the kicker, and he's he's all that stood between. You know, six the sixth seed and being lumped with all the uh, six and sevens. That's a great point. You know, and then giving the Packers the opportunity to pass us tonight. Yeah, now now they can't pass us. They'll they'll be tied if they win. They're tied record wise with the Vikings, but they're still the Vikings would have the tiebreaker. Right? Yeah, and the and the other one obviously where that we're not mentioning is the the Detroit Lions. Just when you're ready to say, you get it becomes such a cliche to say, wow, that's Detroit, and they they are they are a much better team than your typical Detroit team, but they keep doing things that your typical Detroit team does, you know, losing to the Packers at home on Thanksgiving when they were extremely flat going to Chicago. And I don't, I don't care if it's at Chicago, you know, to, to lay an egg in Chicago, that's inexcusable. Um, the, you know, are the Bears, the Bears defense starting to play better and that, and that's oh, what's I mean, happening there. I mean, look at the, look where the Bears are. I mean, the Bears are, uh, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they've won how many in the, I mean, they've won. They've got a nice little stretch going as well. Yeah. Suddenly, the Vikings and the, if the Packers win tonight, they're only two games. You know, the Vikings are two games behind Detroit with two games left to play against Detroit. So right. it's you know the division is. I mean, not just the wild card. The Vikings are still alive for the division, which is crazy. Which is to crazy. Think about. The uh, the you know you talk about the AFC and uh, you never. I, I I did not want to see this, and I'm just surprised it happened a little bit that. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals are still alive after losing their their franchise quarterback earlier this year. You thought, you know, with Jake Browning, this former quarterback that used to be around here, has been cast off and is now playing pretty darn good in uh, Cincinnati. And the Vikings have to contend with him. I, I personally feel that Brian Flores, if Browning plays, he's got some thumb issue. Uh, if he plays, that Brian Flores will confuse him a little bit. But uh, – uh, they got a good team with Joe Mixon, Jamal Chase, and uh, a defense. Well, I can give you – their defense isn't great, but the, the offense is uh, is still pretty good over there despite losing Burrow. Yeah, I mean, uh, you could say that, you know, Jacksonville's got a pretty good defense, and, and Browning had 34 points against them. Wow. Um, you know, Indianapolis, uh, you know, the Bengals have scored 68 points in the last two games, you know, 34-34. They blew out the Colts. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, Flores has a chance to confuse him. But uh, what what Browning has done the last two games, uh, actually, you know, his first start was against Pittsburgh, didn't do very well. But then the last two games have been you know, exceptional. Um, how come so, he's yeah. not around here still? How come he's? How did he get let go from Minnesota, Browning? He was just, you know, he's a third guy. He was a, you know, they. He's a, I mean, it, it, what's happening is not like it's sort of like the Josh Dobbs. You have Josh Dobbs happened for a couple of weeks, but uh, hmm. let's, see, let's see if he can, can continue to do this. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's the same question everyone was asking of Josh Dobbs. No one's asking it again anymore. So, um, well, but Brownie's doing it in a more conventional way where he's, he's actually playing the position play. Well, Josh Dobbs has played his style and I think uh, won ball games that way with his feet and frenetic and and what have you where i think you know 
Browning well, looked a little bit, you know, more conventional and and a solid quarterback back there. Yeah, I mean, I, when he was here, he was probably no no more than just except when everyone got COVID and there was a Saturday night scrimmage and he was the only <laughs> healthy quarterback that they had. Uh, between him and O'Connell were the only ones uh, throwing the ball that night. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he, he was just a guy that was a uh, you know, it, it was a third string. He was a you know just a a guy, but. Did the Viking did did Zimmer's regime let him go? They did, right? They let him go. He wasn't here last year for, or did uh, did did O'Connell let him go? Well, I think he was. Well, he was here through twenty one. So, I don't, yeah. So I, that would have been. Sure. I'm not sure what, how. I'm not sure how he left. I'm sure we'll, we'll all find out this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Well, well then, uh, Ivan Pace against Jake Browning, just like we were talking about in July when we were saying. You know, let's forecast in December. Like, what what are, what are you thinking about December? It's like, you know, Ivan Pace and Jake Browning are going to meet in Cincinnati for the playoffs on the line. Of course. Yeah, isn't that the truth? So given that, well, uh, I've still got the one one game lead in our, our prediction segment because uh, we both picked the Vikings and got away with a win yesterday, so there was no blood. Um Gosh, I haven't really thought about this. I I uh, I like enough of what I saw about out of uh, out of uh, uh, what's his name uh, Nick Mullins yesterday, and I'm a little concerned about the offensive line. I uh, you know I, I'd almost like to see who's playing come Saturday before I make this prediction. But uh, here's your opportunity, Mark. I'm going to give it to you. I I just can't see the Vikings getting beat by Jake Browning, so. I'm going to take well, the Vikings and just tee it up for you to tie it up with three games to go. I I am stunned, Joe, that you picked the Vikings. No, you're not. Um, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, this could go either way, but I, you know, I got to go with, you know, the team that's that's not only is points. See, they got they've scored 68 points in the last two games. Uh, they did it in Jacksonville to a really good Jaguars defense. Uh, that that brings a lot of pressure as you know some extraordinary edge rushers and so you know I feel I feel a combination of short week with all these injuries and the fact that you're in Cincinnati uh, as we can see it's a much more desperate situation for Cincinnati same record but they're tenth in the AFC Vikings are sixth in the NFC so I, I go with um, I got to go with the Bengals just the fact that they're gonna I mean the Vikings are not gonna win with a shutout this week and so they're gonna have to. That offense that was god awful needs to play. Uh, can't can't turn that in again and win again. They're also not going to get shut out this week. I mean, it, it can't keep going on this way that they're going to not score any points. You know, I'd like to maybe even hold out my pick until I see if uh, Jefferson's going to play. If Jefferson's play, they're going to score some points if he's okay. But you know, the way they've treated Jefferson thus far, he's their he's their uh, franchise player. They're probably going to, you know, err on the side of caution again, and we probably won't see him. So that, you know, do I have an opportunity to amend my pick? If I... to, 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 to pick uh, the Bengals off air, like on Friday? <laughs> well, you've set a precedent doing it in the past. I've allowed that, but I'm not going to say. I'm sticking with the Vikings. Hell with it. They're going to win one, and they're going to win one outright there. They're due. They're still a good team. They're very, very good defense. And uh, uh, like the old Monty Pythons get confused a cat. I think that's what's going to happen to uh, old Jake Browning down there when he sees, when he doesn't know where the blitz is coming from. I, you know, 
I like to I used to feel like I had a sense of where, where things were going with it with this team week to week, but everything is just so you know, like you just can't predict anything. I mean, you, you don't know how the quarterbacks are gonna play, you don't know how the any of them are gonna play, you know. You so, can't do that with the NFL, Mark. That's why you're out of the survivor pool because you, 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 you betting on the NFL is fruitless. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they did win, but I just uh, I feel like they're not going to be able to score enough points. Yeah, that should be interesting. It's it's uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the the rest of the way here and how bunched it is, if the, as soon as the if the Vikings lose, they're pretty much done. They they don't their margin for error is so slim. I know they have opportunities left, and everybody loses games, and week to week everything changes because two weeks ago when the Vikings were on by all the wins hurt them, all the, the play. Now this, this week, everybody lost and, and helped them, you know? So, I mean, it, it could go back the other way, but I just, I was saying to my son yesterday, I said, they got to win. If they lose this ugly game to the Raiders, it's done. It's over. You know, my, I'm, I think I was probably texting it to you, you know, uh, that, uh, I don't. I have. They have no margin for error going forward. There's so many teams behind them that could jump ahead. You're talking about tanking. It's too late when you when you've already won six or seven games. You can't tank. So you, you, you know, well, they, gotta, they can tank down low enough. They can tank down low enough to get that Heisman Trophy winner from LSU, McDaniel. Yeah. So I think so. They could. They could still. Uh, you know, go for four on the way and and you know come in there and maybe throw in somebody from that great defense and go get that. I don't. I'm just kidding. I don't want him to tank. I enjoy him winning too much. I would say, you know, it's a it's a strange the, – the, the conferences are strange right now in that, you know, there's – the NFC is so thin, but maybe the three best teams in the league are in the NFC. So it's like you can wow. get in, maybe win that first game. Like if they come in as a six and they play Detroit, uh, or who knows, Vikings – you know, Vikings could come in as a as a three. You know, <laughs> going over three to seven. You know, but if they came in, say the six, they say Detroit does finally, you know, pull its head out of its rear and and plays like they're capable uh, consistently. You know, you you could win. You could win a six. Could definitely go to Detroit and and beat Detroit. And then at some point, you're gonna have to play the 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles uh, at their place. So, uh, but you know, I think. In the AFC, they're 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 deeper, but there's I don't think there's those three dominant teams. Miami, I suppose, is kind of that under yeah. the radar. They're they're kind of lurking beneath the uh, the Dallas's and the uh, San Francisco's, and um, they can certainly turn it on and 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 thump anybody. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I I'm amazed at the way the Cowboys are playing. You know, I, I was I was giving them grief a few weeks ago that they hadn't beaten a. a a team with a winning record. Well, then they beat Seattle, and now they beat uh, the Eagles. So you know they're starting to look for real. I, I, their defense is starting to get after people again, and and Dak Prescott is playing as good as I've ever seen him play this year. And so if yeah. they're, they're they're all of a sudden somebody to be reckoned with. You know, with, with Dak, Dak is a lot like Kirk Cousins in that I think is Dak is going to have to win in the playoffs and, and be convincing in the playoffs. Uh, you know, before I think people because. I think we're all kind of waiting for the Cowboys. Uh, I, I thought they would lose at home because we were all talking about the Cowboys and they're playing Philadelphia. Well, they played exceptional last night, you know, but it's still that – it's kind of that Kirk Cousins syndrome where you're like, ah, okay, well, I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop on him. And, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, he is playing. He's playing outstanding. He's uh, certainly in a discussion for MVP, uh, for sure. How about that? I, I, we better end it there, and Mark's got to get out to TCO. Mark, when you when you uh, go out there, make sure to take a, a lot of lipstick to put on this pig, so that yeah, that we just saw yesterday. But uh, no, I, I I I am curious to find out how these guys are doing health wise, and it's going to be a big, it's going to be really important going forward this week to how they do. So, um, thanks again, Matt. Thanks, Mark, as always for for your insight, and and uh, thanks to. Mike Woldem for uh, producing behind the scenes and uh, thanks to all you folks for tuning in. We're going to be back next week to talk about the Viking Cincinnati game. So check that out. And thanks Joe Johnson, as always uh, keep pulling for us up there, buddy. And until next week, uh, go Vikings and skull. Skull.